And then the other piece too is just letting myself have the space to have my personal life take up more space than my work commitments. And so I'm looking, I'm in my mind, I have like a pie chart and right now my life needs me to have a much bigger chunk for life and a smaller chunk for work commitments. When I started working for myself back in 2009, I took whatever work was put in front of me. Teach artists how to use social media? Sure. Create a content marketing strategy for a couple who work with the Amish selling furniture? Why not? Design websites. I can do that. I did not have a plan, nor did I think about what I wanted or needed from my business other than a way to contribute to the family bills. Now, over time, I learned what I liked and what I didn't. I learned what worked and what didn't. And I definitely learned that checking my email first thing in the morning wasn't good for my overall state of mind. I'm Tara McMullen, and you're listening to What Works, the show that transcends the hype and brings you candid conversations about what's really working to run and grow a small business today. This month, we've been focused on designing a business that helps you take care of, well, you. And it seems to me that often the real challenge, just like when I started working for myself, is that we don't really think about designing our businesses at all when we're just getting started. So little bit by little bit, we inherit the logical consequences of our early decision-making. While we might earn a better understanding of what works and what doesn't, we're often left feeling stuck doing business in a way that feels unwieldy, unnatural, or just plain unproductive. Now, over the last decade, I've reconfigured my business a few times, knowing oh so much better what I want and need from my business personally. But there are still plenty of things that we do because that's just how we've always done them. But when Sean and I started Yellow House Media, our podcast production agency and consultancy earlier this year, it was the first I'd really had the opportunity to start from scratch. It was a whole new opportunity to design a business that really delivered on its ability to take care of me. And it's been a thrilling experience. Now, that doesn't mean we're not still learning. In fact, now we're learning how to design a business that doesn't just give me what I need. We're learning how to design one that gives Sean what he needs too. And that's a whole other beast. Anyhow, I tell you all this because today's guest mentioned early on in our conversation that she found herself in the same boat, taking the work that came to her, growing her capacity to be able to bring in more work, and never really stopping to ask herself how she was designing her business in the first place. Her name? is Haley Thomas, and she's the founder of Brainspace Optimized, where she helps entrepreneurs plan, execute, and complete projects in 90 days or less. Now, unfortunately, Haley suffered a big personal loss that made her rethink the way she'd been doing business to that point. We talk about how her tunnel vision in that time led her to skipping her initial grief, why she ended up letting go of her clients and contractors, and how she started to process what she truly needed from her life and business. Now, let's find out what works for Haley Thomas. Haley Thomas, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here, Tara. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us what your business looked like in 2018. Yes. So in 2018, my business was strictly project management, virtual assistant, 
work in kind of what I think most people think of what that work is, right? So I've got a couple of clients. I work remotely. They pay me um, hourly or on a retainer. And it's a lot of, you know, managing projects, meetings, calendars, that type of thing. It was very um, uh, typical, I would say, of what you would probably assume that that line of business would look like. Um, in 2018, I had three different contractors working with me. Um, they were all client facing. So they were, you know, working with me on different, different projects and different clients. Um, and I was busy and (laughs) tired and just, you know, just kind of going through the routine of, of business. I felt like I wasn't being intentional in any sort of way about, um, marketing or about how I was, you know, organizing myself around my work. It was just like, work, like wake up, get the kid to school, get husband out of the door, sit down at my desk, work all day, basically pick the kid up, get husband fed dinner, get kid fed dinner and like to bed just kind of over and over again. A lot of 2018 was like that. Wow. Okay. Um, so how long had you been running the business in basically that, that manner? Yeah. So my first year of business was 2017. Um, I okay. think it was like March, March or May of 20, 2017. And I, I think one of the things that's pretty been pretty impactful as we'll talk about kind of the transition into what my business looks like now is when my business started, I wasn't coming into it as like an entrepreneur with passion that had like a thing that I wanted to put into the world. I really like legit just like we need to to pay rent and I've got some skills people will pay me for. So let me just figure out how to like make a business happen. And so I kind of, I mean, virtual assistant work and project management just fits really well with my skill set. And so that's kind of my business kind of just developed along those lines without me being intentional about really any of it. So when I was in 2018, um, right out of summer, like I had a team of three and you know, we did, I did like over 70 K in revenue from 0% like marketing at all. Like I don't, I didn't, I wasn't online. Like I didn't do anything. Um, it literally was just like, Oh, I'll just do the next project in front of me. Oh, someone else needs something. Mm -hmm. Let me just do the next thing in front of me. So it was very like, I kind of just went into it because I, I, I had a need, like my family had a need and I, you know, this was helpful for people. So I just kind of went into it from that perspective. Got it. I think probably a lot of people listening more, probably more people um, than many of our listeners would guess can certainly relate to just trying to figure it out, taking Mm -hmm. on the next project in front of you. I mean, that's how I got started too. There were things I was passionate about, but the main thing that I was doing to make money was just you know, I've got skills, you've got a problem, I will fix right. it. Kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah, it's, it was it was pretty straightforward. And I think, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, but that's kind of what shot me in the foot is because mm. I, I don't think I, I gave enough thought to the design of my business or the design of my work. Um, because at the time, it wasn't like I wasn't, I didn't set out to like build a thing. I just was trying to solve a problem for my family. Yes. That makes a bunch of sense. And we will get to that in just mm-hmm. a minute. But first, before we can do that, yeah. um, you endured a big loss at the end of 2018. Tell us about that and tell us what you did at that point to take care of yourself. Yeah. So in 2018, um, my mom passed away right in uh, October of 2018. And she had been 
uh, struggling with her diabetes and complications from her health issues for, I mean, most of my like remembrance basically mm-hmm. of my mother was dealing with some sort of complication of her illness. And so, um, when she passed in 2018, it, it's like we knew she wasn't like fully healthy, but it also happened fairly traumatically and, and quickly from a complication of her diabetes, which we thought at that point was, you know, fairly under control. And so, um, so it was a shock. Um, it was, it was, it was just hard. Like it was hard for our family as a whole. I'm one of four children and Mm. my, my dad, um, and she was having uh, like some, you know, health issues. And I had gone up to see her a couple times, which even that just based off of how I had built my business was a little challenging, um, trying to like go up and visit her when I like blocked out my day so heavily, um, with client work. And so just going up and seeing her. And so, um, when she passed, it was like, kind of like a shock. So I couldn't really, I, I, so I preface this by saying that I'm not great at processing emotion kind of period (laughs) across Mm -hmm. the board. And so, um, after she passed, I took like a week off and I just remember like, I just emailed my clients and then told my contractors like, Hey, this is what's happening. I'm going to be out for a week. And everyone was like, just a week. And I'm like, yes, I don't know. Like I just, I didn't process it very well at all actually. And so uh, like, right when it happened. And so I was out for a week and then I actually, for the rest of the year, just kind of like, instead of taking care of myself and just like letting it be this ambiguous, I've got a lot of feelings, a lot of dynamics in my family are changing. Um, my siblings need different things from me. My dad needs different things from me. Instead of letting that be a thing and making space for that type of thing. I just like ignored it and dove hard into work. And Mm. so I actually had the most two profitable months of my business that November and that December, because I was just so like, like I was using work to kind of escape what was going on. So in terms of like, what did I do for self-care right then? The opposite of what I probably should have done. Um, and just kind of dove, like dove into my work. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's what happened right then. Okay. And then, yeah, and then <laughs> at, at some point something started to change. Was there was there a moment and an incident, a circumstance that caused you to take a different look at things? So, it was a couple months after that. So now we're into kind of like the very beginning of 2019 and I just ran out of steam. Like I was out of energy. I was out of, cause you know, I feel like it's, it takes a lot of work to have funnel vision. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like fully like invested in my business. And, and I just like ran out of steam come January, early February. And so, um, I kind of had a freak out moment in my business in which, again, this is another thing I wish I would have thought more, uh, was more intentional about, but had kind of this moment where I was just like, I don't like my business. This isn't, like helping me, my body needs care, my relationships need care, my family, my marriage needs care. Like I've been kind of ignoring all these things. I didn't want to deal with all of the emotion that was going to happen, mainly because like that takes time and space and energy. And I just, you know, didn't, didn't want to deal with that. So, um, I eventually ran out of steam and just kind of in a, not in a way that's as like crass or whatever as it sounds, but like, I just kind of like broke up with my contractors and broke up with my big clients and just was like, I'm finished now. Yeah. It wasn't great. Like that wasn't (laughs) incredibly wise. Um, but I was just 
like I hit a wall and my reaction was just like, you know, instead of easing into it, I feel like if I would have probably thought more intentionally about how this needs to look in my business and in my life ahead of time, it wouldn't have ended up like this, but, um, it was amicable and it was fine, but I, I kind of broke up with my team and kind of gave my larger clients to them. So they didn't like lose the Mm. chunks of their work. Um, so that was good. But, um, yeah, at that point I just said, I need, like, I have nothing left, which means I need to refill. And that takes time and energy and space and working at the, the, the hours that I was working and the kind of shape my packages were taking or my retainer packages were taking, like didn't leave any space for that. And so I kind of just like set it all loose and then was like, Oh crap, I need to figure out what to do now. (laughs) Right. Okay. So let's talk about that part. How long did it take you to replenish yourself and your relationships enough that you could constructively start thinking about the next phase of your business? Mm, Yeah. So I think it was a process that kind of happened from that February time. I would even say up until like July, I was still messing with stuff and still, you know, moving pieces around and trying to see what fit and, and what worked. And during that time, I was just trying to be as comfortable as I can be with the, the ambiguity that was going on. I'm right. I'm a project manager by trade. And so like, I don't actually (laughs) do super well with it. So that was a struggle in of itself. But, um, I mean, it took me that long to figure out what was going to work for me. And I, in that time, I tried a bunch of stuff. So in that time, I offered, um, I had, what did I do? Goodness. I think I tried like a variation of, of project management that was kind of like coaching and a variation of it where people could just like call me to problem solve. Um, I had one client that I did end up picking back up on retainer because I was like, Oh, right. You know, I need to feed my family and like (laughs) figure this out a little bit. And so, um, that whole time was super ambiguous and very like messy. It was really, really messy. And that kind of messed with my mental, um, I don't know, just my, my confidence in myself, I guess, as a business owner. Cause even though I didn't like what I was doing before it worked, like I knew how to get people to pay me, like I knew how that worked and this was so ambiguous and messy and had me trying and experimenting and I didn't know what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. And so that felt really awkward and like, am I doing business right? Like, am I, am I small business ownering? I don't know. Is this what it is? I don't know. Um, so that's kind of what that, that season was, was like. Yeah. I'm curious about, this idea of trying to get more comfortable with the ambiguity and the messiness. Um, and I can remember the conversation that I had with Charlie Gilkey back at the beginning of October. One of the things he talked about was leaning into uncertainty and finding the courage to not know how something is going mm-hmm. to turn out and like choosing that courage. Did you have a particular habit or commitment or exercise that you did to become more comfortable with ambiguity? Um, I didn't do this with the intentionality of like, this is a practice that I'm having to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that I'm keeping. But what I found myself doing was just going to my husband and word vomiting all my discomfort (laughs) about everything. (laughs) And he's not an online business. He is not an entrepreneur, like very risk averse. And so, um, it, like part, but what I, what I did want 
which is what I was trying to do kind of while this was going on in my business was like kind of lean into these my personal relationships more and just kind of like spill myself into those more. And so sometimes a lot of times with him once a week, I'd go and be like, OK, so I'm trying this new thing in business and I don't know how it's going to work. And, I, you know, just kind of word vomiting to him. And he would just kind of like reassure me. And that kind of gave me the courage of like of trying again, because for me, mm. the fear was I really do enjoy like building things and like crafting um, and designing my business. But at the same time, this was a very real obligation to our family that like we like this was part of what our income is. And so part of it was just like, you know, establishing that like trust with him and with myself and letting him know, I, I, I guess I felt like by letting him know that I'm working on stuff in my business. And I'm not sure that gave me some level of like confidence and comfort that he was like, oh, you'll figure it out. It'll be okay. Yeah. You'll figure it out. And so that was really helpful. But I don't think I was going into it thinking like, this will be our weekly practice of communicating. <laughs> it was literally just like, okay, turn off football. Listen, I got to tell you a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You'll hear more about how Haley is experimenting with her business to discover how she can make more room for herself and her life in just a minute. But first, I've got a question for you. What is it going to take to make 2020 different from 2019? What is it going to take to ensure you uphold your commitments to yourself, to take bold action, to do what's unfamiliar or uncomfortable? It's not at all uncommon to start a new year with a big plan and an ambitious vision. And by February, you're already feeling off track. This year, I want to help support you following through on your commitments, doing what's uncomfortable, and finding your own version of what works. We're gathering a brand new small group peer support mastermind called the What Works Forum. The forum is designed to provide a fresh perspective on the challenges you face through twice monthly facilitated mastermind sessions with peers who are well past the startup stage and making big things happen with their businesses. The forum offers regular touch points on your goals and projects through our quarterly planning sessions. It's designed to tap into your personal accountability through a monthly review and reflection process. But most importantly, each piece of the What Works Forum is there to ensure that your business continues to grow, get better, and make an impact in 2020. And I'll be right there with you all along the way. When you join the What Works Forum, you'll have set time for working on your business and you'll have the opportunity to check in with yourself regularly to evaluate your progress. You'll have wholehearted support from people who truly want you to succeed. You'll have personal accountability for following through on your commitment to change, and you'll have clear priorities and a monthly reminder to take stock on what's most important. You'll get 12 months of small group support, combining regular mastermind sessions with quarterly planning, monthly reviews, private conversation space, and even in-person meetups to help you make a massive shift in your business in 2020. Now, after working with small business owners for over 11 years, I've put together what I believe to be the ultimate support system for moving your business in the right direction. We only have room for 30 small business owners in 2020 and spots are going fast. To get all the details and begin your forum registration, go to explorewhatworks.com slash forum. That's explorewhatworks.com slash forum. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. You want your business to take care of you 
and your customers. But offering products, courses, or programs that shuttle your customers from one platform to another, well, it just isn't a great way to do that. Now at What Works, we run our whole community on Mighty Networks. Three years ago, we were looking for the foundation to build our vision of a non-hierarchical business owner community, a place where small business owners could learn from others' experiences, gather fresh perspectives, and share what they've learned along their own journeys. And we knew we didn't want to build it on any social network that prioritizes algorithms or personal data over human connection and privacy. Mighty Networks was the perfect choice for building the What Works Network. It helped us connect small business owners and facilitate courageous, candid conversations about what's really working for business owners today. Plus, Mighty Networks has helped us streamline the way we serve our customers, communicate with our community, and offer dynamic learning experiences. Mighty Networks lets us manage our community content and groups all in one place, and we can manage payment and user registration there too. Instead of managing a Facebook group, a learning management system, a payment processor, and an events listing separately, we can do it all through Mighty Networks. And you can too. Make 2020 the year you streamline your business so you can take better care of yourself and your customers. Get started with Mighty Networks today. Go to MightyNetworks.com. That's MightyNetworks.com. Okay. Um, before we get to what your business looks like now and how you haven't m- much more intentionally crafted it around um, what you want and how it will work, work best for you, let's talk about what actually taking care of yourself looks like to you. When you were thinking through sort of the the constraints or the container that you wanted to put on the next phase of your business, what were some of those things that you knew were most important to you and why were they important? Yeah, that's a great question. So there were a couple things. Um, and I'll, I'll, there are two main messages that I feel like my mom was kind of consistently telling me. One was something she was like actually telling me with her mouth. And one was something I watched her like go through. The first one she was telling me was just that she she worked really hard. Both my parents worked really hard to make sure I had opportunities in which I wouldn't have to have the type of life that I had set up for myself, which mm. I, I just find that so interesting that I left corporate and then basically set up a nine to five for myself. Good one, Haley. But um, <laughs> I like and, and they were very intentional about like showing us like we we didn't travel far as a family but we'd like go to Florida and we live in the Midwest and just like taking us out into the theater and to museums and look at the, how this person lived their life and they created this thing like they were very intentional about showing us other ways in which we could form our lives and like live well um which apparently I just totally disregarded that, for that first year um and then the second thing is that with all the health issues that my mom had part of part of the issue was because she worked in retail her whole life Mm. and it's just tough on your body and, um, had health issues that you can't really, um, it's difficult to care for your body when you are working such long shifts and it's very physical, all those things. And so like watching her kind of like physically have all these breakdowns and not being able to care for herself, I was like, I don't want that. That is painful for everyone involved and they've worked my parents have worked really hard to like make me aware of the fact that 
even though this is how their lives are, like there are other ways you can set this up. And so from that, I kind of, when I talk about caring for myself, for me, there's two parts of it. One is just super practical, like with all the health stuff my mom went through, like making sure I'm eating regularly and sleeping regularly and drinking lots of water and just like physically caring for myself that I wasn't doing a lot of um, before. Cause it was just like, Oh, I'm, you know, still, I'm in my late twenties. It's fine. It'll be fine. I have time, but that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other piece too, is just letting myself have the space to have my personal life take up more space than my work commitments. And so I'm looking, I'm in my mind, I have like a pie chart and it needs to either be 50, 50 or before I was fine with it being a bigger chunk for work. Um, but right now my life needs me to have a much bigger chunk for life and, and a smaller chunk for work commitments. And so, um, just trying to organize my work and what I offer and how I offer it and all those things so that there's room for me. So that part of the self-care is just having the room to, you know, I just need to sleep in because we had a really rough night last night and we're up late talking and I just need it. So it is what it is. Um, so like making sure my day gives me flexibility and, you know, we'll talk about my service offerings in a minute, but like, um, to me, self-care is like physically taking care of myself and giving myself the space with my work. And then also just like understanding myself. Like I know that I can do very few things at a time, actually. So like I'm a minimalist and almost always I've got like five shirts and it's fine. But also like I can't also, you know, I can, I can only work with like maybe three clients at a time and that's pushing it. (laughs) Like Mm. that's, I I can't, I just can't hold that much. Um, or I can't have that many commitments with my church and community stuff that I'm a part of. Like I just, I can't do that many things. And so being super aware of where my energy limits are and what I can handle. Yeah. I've never heard anyone put it quite the way you just did saying um, that you're letting yourself allow your personal life to take up more space than your work life. But I think it's a beautiful uh, way to kind of visualize that. And it makes a ton of sense. And I'm going to be thinking about that one for a mm. while. Because <laughs> I'm I'm sure Sean would tell you that's probably not the way that I work. And yeah. um, well, I don't think most of us yeah. think, think about it. And like, I mean, a, a lot of us came from corporate. And it's kind of like a corporate hangover of like, it's fine if your work takes up more space, but hardly ever is it okay if your life takes up more space. Um, I don't know. It just it. It's that's another thing I'm trying to like be fine with it. And and I would just like to say, by the way, that this was not like I had this like beautiful, serene moment. Like I was super awkward all summer long with my <laughs> marketing and with my business and like with my family of like, guys, I'm just trying to figure this out. And this is weird and messy. And I'm so sorry. This is awkward. Oh, I love that, though. I mean, that's that's again, that's that leaning into uncertainty piece, like letting yeah. it be awkward, being upfront about it. So great. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that you've experimented with and where you've landed with what you're offering today. Yeah, so I have experimented. So typically, when you think of like project management, virtual assistant work, like working with a a marketing person, um, either you pay them on retainer, or you pay them by the hour. And it literally is about, you know, they work dollars for hours, typically. Um, I 
have my son on Mondays and Fridays at home. And I'm not trying to like have a four hour work week. I just feel like I have a four hour work week because that's the constraints on my life currently. So I've got, you know, three eight hour days to work in. But really, if I take an hour for lunch, that's 21 hours and only 15 client facing hours of that 21. Um, And I say all that to say is like that model really doesn't work. The ceiling on that is really is it's, you know, really difficult to have any sort of margin in that. And then I get back to the place again where my days are completely full and I don't have room for any messiness. So what I kind of the evolution of it was these retainer services to, okay, how can I offer kind of consulting and coaching, which is more value based and less related to dollars per hour. But that was still too close to that, to what my, my old role was. And so I found myself swinging back into it often, or Mm -hmm. when I got really like afraid or just like, Oh, this is new and uncomfortable. I would swing right back into dollars for hours and kind of doing project management that way. So what I started to play around with was, um, time and with, um, what I really love and what I'm really, really good at. And so what I offer now is a, like a three-day working retreat. There are custom retreats that I do for established small business owners. And we basically take a project that would take someone, you know, like 90 days to, to figure out, but we do it in like three days. <laughs> so it's wow. like kind of really con- condensed and really um, like really focused. It's a lot of fun too. And that's the part of me that I wasn't allowing before in my business was what does Haley like to do? with her time. Like, how do I, what do I like? Um, which was not a consideration at all before. Um, and so there's this element of hospitality, which I love and good music. And let me take you out to dinner and come sit on this couch and have a glass of wine with me. We just finished for the day. Tell me about everything. Like that's what I love and what I'm good at. And that kind of surrounds my work and I'm able to do that with these working retreats. And then that way too, I can only, I can do, you know, one a month, and still make the revenue that that I want to make. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so I have kind of a big question that is not completely fully formed yet. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love. But um, one of the one of the beauties of a kind of crafting our podcast in themes and having similar conversations on those themes is that I start to see common threads um, among the people that I talk to on a particular theme. And so I talked to Toy Smith, who came from a very similar background as you coming from corporate into VA. um, She she was more VA OBM as opposed to VA Mm -hmm. project manager, but you know, other very similar. And also went through a very similar period of feeling burned out and realizing that she had assigned more value to her labor than her like thinking and ideas and creative process. And I'm wondering, I guess, if you can relate to that and if you went through a similar process of having to get clear on what the value of your leadership and creative process and ideas were. Yes, absolutely. That is an Excellent point. And it kind of makes me happy to, or not happy, but like feel less lonely that I'm not the only right. <laughs> like virtual assistant reject where we just, <laughs> just can't it's cut it. It's a bad it. business model, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's really tough. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of 
kind of what I was struggling with when I was trying on so many different variations of how to package my services. Part of the big thing is like I was struggling with believing and having the confidence in my thoughts and in my strategy and in my, you know, just the stuff that I'm good at that's that's ambiguous and like how do I write that I'm good at translating, you know, vision into actionable play and like that's like not that's a hard thing to even explain to like my family has no idea what I do. Mm-hmm. They understood when I said, "Oh, I'm like an executive assistant except I work from home." That makes sense. And so ah. there was something that I struggled with of just like because it was so much clearer and people were more I don't, I wouldn't even say more ready to spend money in that way, but that was a proven method in my mind. Like, and I, I saw it, right? Like mm-hmm. people gave me money for it. So I saw it and I hadn't earned money for my, just, just my thoughts yet at that point or just my strategy at that point. And so, I mean, I went back and forth. That's why I feel like it took me so long to just like pick a thing and dive into it because I was fighting myself. Like I had a hard time, um, having confidence in my own thoughts and putting value in my own thoughts, even if other people did. Like it was almost after I had done my first working retreat that that client was like, you should do more of these and only these forever because they're so great. And I was like, (laughs) oh, do you think other people want this? She just like laughed in my face. But it was very much like, oh, I'm still, I I feel much more confident in it now that I've done it. But man, all summer was, was very much that, you know, I feel confident in my labor because that's that's more valuable to me because I know people will pay me for that versus I haven't really dove into this other thing yet. And so that's untested ground for me. So I don't know if people will pay me for that yeah. yet. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, not awesome. You know what I mean? I appreciate <laughs> yes, your reflection yes. <laughs> is what I mean. Um, <laughs> okay. So if you if you're able to do one of these retreats a month and hit your revenue goal, what do you do with the rest of your time? <laughs> Take naps? No. Um, <laughs> no, I will still probably doing a lot of podcasting, which I love so much, and uh, the wonderful Sean McMullen uh, helped me with some some of that strategy portion <laughs> of it. But like, I get to do things that I like, which again wasn't on the table last year. This time it was you know, I just need to do client work, but I get to decide on who I'm working with, but, um, like work on my podcast and connect with people. And then frankly, I think like my, my real plan for 2020 is to like, just do my podcast and just do work treats. And like, that's it because I feel like I'm going to need the rest of that time and space. Like that's not a lot to do. It can take up as much hour, you know, as much time as I make it take up. But I can make it take up a very small amount of my time and just kind of let my life be what it is. Like next year, we'll probably buy a house and move and my son Mm -hmm. will start kindergarten. And like, I don't know, who knows what else could happen then. So um, my plan is just to kind of give myself the space and see what happens. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of the literally the last conversation that I had uh, today, also for this month of interviews um, with Elsie Escobar. And we were talking about how she's gotten really clear on what the commitments she makes actually require mm-hmm. of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear about your process with that, too, because I completely agree. Like these work work treats and the podcast, that sounds to me, like 20 hours a week of work. And if that's how you hit your revenue goal, amazing. (laughs) So what I'm really curious about is how 
you have determined the level and kind of full fullness, full capacity of the commitment that you have to give these two things, that that's all you are willing to commit to for this next year, at least at this point. Yeah. So like I said, they were the trifecta of things that of the, you know, tons of things I tested this year, the things that work well for my clients, I actually enjoy doing and that, um, you know, produce the, the money that that my business wants to make this year, um, or will want, will make next year. Um, but there's this like added piece, I guess, of right now. And in the end of 2019, I feel like I can say no to anything and I feel pretty strong about it. But to be honest, I'm a little like, I'm still testing out my own ability to continue to say no, no to things and not add things. And so Mm. from here at the end of 2019, I'm like, yes, those are the only two things I'm going to do. Ask me again in March. That might be different. Um, But I, I feel pretty good about, about those and those require enough and work for my, for me and for my business that I feel pretty solidly like, you know, this is, I know those are things I want to do. It's just a matter of me putting in my own like kind of safeguards to, to stop anything else. I'm very like, if something sounds like a good idea, boy, I will be on your team. We will be doing that thing. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. So it's just a matter of like kind of safeguarding myself from that, that side of things. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, looking at 2020, what are you most excited about? Yeah, I'm excited about, I'm excited about work treats. Um, But typically, I've been going to my clients all over the US and doing things. But I'm actually going to, it is cool, but also very exhausting. Yeah, (laughs) I'm actually going to have people coming to me in 2020. I have a cute little town in central Illinois called Normal Illinois. And so um it's, it's just a sweet little town. And, and so we're going to experiment some with that. But I'm kind of really excited for like normalizing this and kind of diving all in on work treats, like trying not to turn my head to the left or to the right, but just like focus on this and seeing what good stuff can come out of it. I love it. And who wouldn't want to visit normal Illinois? I mean, really? Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's funny because we're a small town, but we've got like microbreweries and all these boutique shops and farmer's market. And it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty legit here. Sweet. That sounds awesome. Now <laughs> yeah. I really do want to come to yeah, it. It's great here. <laughs> awesome. Well, Haley Thomas, thank you so much for a look inside of your business and your thought process as you're figuring out how to take really good care of yourself with your business. And of course, take really good care of your clients as well. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Find out more about Haley Thomas at brainspaceoptimized.com and find the Brainspace Optimized podcast wherever you listen to What Works. Next week, we'll be back with one final episode of What Works for 2019, a special Q&A mailbag episode with me. Then we'll return in 2020 with a month focused on project management. You'll hear from Dana Kay on how she manages big, multi-layer book publicity projects. Joelle Han will share how she helps authors manage their creative process while sticking to deadlines. Christina Sholly shares how communication and setting expectations helps her to manage projects with her CFO on-demand clients. And you'll hear how Isaac Watson manages all the nitty-gritty details that go into putting on conferences and events for his clients. Plus, we'll have a special episode featuring small business owners sharing their favorite project management tools. 
Now, one last thing. If you're thinking about how you can take better care of yourself as an entrepreneur in 2020, don't forget to get help. We'd love to support you in the What Works Forum with 12 months of mastermind sessions, collaboration, and planning. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash forum to learn more. That's explorewhatworks.com slash forum. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. Production assistance is by Kristen Runvik. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 250 more candid conversations with small business owners at explorewhatworks.com.